With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with michael lombardi and patrick maher on vsin Okay, it is the Lombardi line as we welcome you in. Of course, the college football regular season is over. The bowl schedule is set. Got a busy day. Army-Navy, Michael Lombardi, the Heisman Trophy is handed out tonight. Caleb Williams is a prohibitive favorite there. But as we say hi and good morning on this December 10th, I'm Patrick Maher. He's Michael Lombardi, and this is V-Sin. Good morning, Michael. How are you? Good morning, Patrick. I am wonderful today. I like to start off this day as brightly as we possibly can. Did you watch the last minute of the 76er game last night? <laughs> Wait, hold on. I was going to start the show by saying too soon, and then I was going to say, no, not talking about the Raiders. I'm talking about whatever the hell that was over the last 46 seconds at Wells Fargo last night. Would you like to explain to the audience what the hell happened there? It was everything that, I, that I've been complaining about, and it's dysfunction. Did you see Embiid's defense down the stretch? How about his effort against Anthony Davis on the inbound pass where he lounged on the floor? I mean, it was just everything that I say about the lack of competitive and, and mental toughness within a team to allow them to have to, – to, to allow the Lakers, who, by the way, Will Hill's got a lot of work to do. That's not a good team at all, by no, the way. I mean, no. I haven't dove into pro basketball very much, but the Lakers – to me, that game looked like an old-timers game at Yankee Stadium with a bunch of former superstars are out there on the court. Maybe Anthony Davis is still one. I'm not sure. But th- there are a lot of great – once great players that aren't great any longer. And, and that last 40 seconds – if Anthony Davis makes the makes the last free throw, he was twelve for twelve at the line. They're going to come the most improbable win of all time. So, if you're just joining the Lombardi line, whether it's Masson or Nesson or Marquis, first off, we welcome you. And secondly, you have to understand Michael Lombardi is not just an author, a former front office exec, Super Bowl winner, but he is an obsessed Seventy Sixer fan, and he's angry. He's been angry for a couple of years about this team for a lot of reasons. But let me just lay this out for you quickly. The 76ers, who are 13-12, and 12, beat the Lakers 133-122 in overtime. But what happened was fascinating. Michael, they were up 119-110 to 110 with 34 seconds to go. <laughs> then a comedy of errors transpired, which allowed the Lakers, with the potential to win it in regulation, to force overtime, 
Philly over the last 34 seconds, three turnovers, actually three turnovers over 21 seconds, missed free throws. It was literally a disaster. It was a disaster. And here in the book, the first thing I got hit with this morning when I walked in was there was a lot of action on the on the Sixers laying the points. Why, I don't know. Uh, as I was watching it, as they built the big first-half lead, I thought, well, they're going to lose. And when they built the second-half lead, I thought, well, they're going to lose. You know, I never felt like they were going to win it. And Anthony Davis, if he makes the free throw, then, then the book would have rejoiced, and he didn't, and then it got to overtime, and then the Lakers just faded away. But to me, I, I wanted to get that out of my system to start yes. off the show because we do have army navy it's a patriotic day and i wanted to kind of cleanse my soul and release that that tension that i was that i was laughing at actually i I really feel good about it like i'm rooting for him to lose now because what i've seen as i gave out the tip to bet the under on the sixers to start the season i think that's going to come to fruition i I think to me it's it's everything i see and and i'm enjoying it (laughs) what i love about it is you took a shot at Embiid because sometimes defensively he can be a little lax, but he did have 38 and 12 in 46 minutes last night. I mean, that no is doubt. the problem, though, with the Sixers. Seriously, all kidding aside, that's the problem. He can do whatever he wants. He can be all world, and they're still going to be in these tight games because they just don't have enough. I, I, the play that I love the most, well, the two plays I love the most about Embiid, the inbounds pass that Anthony Davis basically just took away from him, and there was a there was a time where I forget who it was. I think it might have been uh, a Beverly, or it could have been uh, it, it could have been uh, uh, I forget who the guard was that went to the rim, and Embiid's there, and he could basically block the shot or try to play any defense, and he gave it the old playground Olay, you know, oh, by the way, let me try to do that. It was. I showed Thomas Gable that today. We, I'm going to watch it six times. You know, it was so good. But anyway, you know, I digress. Thomas, and, and just no, for the fine. record, for the mass and yes. audience, the, the Celtics, which are a professionally run organization, you know, they didn't tank. They didn't go through the process. All they did was continue to win and continue to build their team. Meanwhile, we had to endure the process, blown draft picks, everything. It just goes to show that one team knows what they're doing and the other team doesn't. I'm going to set the season for the bowl season. By the way, the bowl betting guy dropped a couple of days ago. Make sure you check it out. Remember, this is a 42-game run over the next three weeks, December into January. We get underway this Friday, Michael, December 16th with the Bahamas Bowl, and that runs through January 9th where you have the college football championship right down the road where Millie and I were hanging at SoFi. Uh, So I want to run through those. I just quickly want to say this about the basketball, and then we'll move on. Tatum and Brown and what the Celtics are doing this year with that overhaul uh, as far as the head coaching position and just coming back year after year and getting better. I know as a front office guy, you worry about your players when they go off into the offseason. Those two youngsters there with the Celtics have been unbelievable. That team is ridiculous. And getting Brock, Mel, Malcolm Brockton has been a huge for he's them, awesome. right? I mean, he's yep. always been a good player. I mean, I've always thought he should, you know, he was one of the guys I would have signed if I would have been the Sixers general manager. But to me, he, he adds into their team. And they're doing this without Robert Williams and Harford's kind of missed games. How about Harford signing an extension with the Celtics after he was jettisoned out into Oklahoma City with the, with the 76ers after they gave him a huge contract? I mean, it's really comical how you could really mess up a franchise you know, one of the things that I, I hope to do in my career is is produce a podcast, and maybe DraftKings will let me do it with Veasan. Is you know, there's a great podcast on on it's called How I Built This, and it's, it take this guy takes uh, entrepreneurs from all over, 
and ask them how they built things. Dave's Bread, Ben and Jerry's, you know, all these small companies that, that have built into something that's huge. I want to take the opposite approach. I want to take how I destroyed this, right? <laughs> like, like how I destroyed this. What's your inspiration well, Dan for Sn- how I Dan Snyder this? Would, Dan Snyder would be great. The 76ers would be marvelous. Josh Harris, owner of the Sixers, makes billions of dollars in Apollo management, but yet can't figure out that he's got a bunch of frauds running his team. You know, so like how I destroyed this would be wonderful. I think you could start with Dan Snyder. You could start with the 76ers. You can go over into Europe and go soccer. I mean, I think it's got great potential to teach people that you learn more from watching bad teams operate. The Houston Texans, how I destroyed a franchise. Just watch it. And that transposes itself right into business. I mean, it really does. And they're great lessons to learn. You know, we learn that if you don't have alignment, we learn that if you have people making decisions for the short term or their own ego, it's all there. How I Destroyed This, hosted by Michael Lombardi, presented yeah. by DraftKings. I'm into it. You I would love it. You deconstruct. I would love that. I, I, I think I, it'd be a 12-part series. You do 12, you, you would do a 12-part series, you know, that would take a while to, you know, and just take a team. Like, you take the Washington Commanders under Dan Snyder's administration and watch systematically how he destroyed that franchise, which was once one of the greatest franchises in all of sports, okay? So you could do that. Then the next season, you could come back and do a, a soccer league, a soccer team. You could help on that. I don't, you know, I'm sure there's a, so- I don't know, there's a soccer team over there that was once great that's no longer. And then you come back to the NBA. We could do the process. I, I'm an expert on the process. I know how that's bad, how bad that was, right? Even though most of Philadelphia, my man Justin over here, my producer, he probably loves the process. All Philly fans love the process. Completely wrong, by the way. Complete Ponzi scheme, but they all love it. And uh, and then we could, and then. That's season three. There's three seasons, DraftKings. Come on, let's make a deal. I've worked with Michael for years now. I can tell you the next two hours are going to be fun because my man is ready to rant today. How I Destroyed This, the podcast is coming soon. Okay, I mentioned the regular season is over. This is perfect. Today, Navy, Army, Army, Navy, however you want to play it out. Uh, It's death, taxes, and the under when betting the service academies. Uh, They get their own day, which is perfect. And we're going to set up the game for you. There's plenty to talk about. I just want to quickly tell you about the number. Remember, Army Open, too. This is flipped. This has gone through zero. We've got a couple of threes on the board. As you see it right there in front of you, BetMGM's showing three. I see Circus three. DraftKings is still two and a half with the midshipmen and Navy Lane at the most important part here, we're now officially at 32 across the board. It was 32 and a half. So remember, that under trend of 16 straight unders between these two is baked into this number, and we are at a low 32 here, Michael. And as I said yesterday on the show, with uh, you know listening to the One More podcast with Jick Jack Johnson and Bill Berman and, and Ryan Hyatt, they talked about the under at 32 is 9 and 7 to the over. So at this number at 32, you know, you might think about going over. But when you look at some of the games that Army has played and Navy, when you see them in in situations where, you know, when they play service academy against service academy, for example, Air Force, right? They played Air Force at the beginning of November. That was a 13-7 game that Army lost. And, and, you know, Air Force has a pretty good offense. And Army's defense for, I mean, think about this. Army's defense is the 38th-ranked defense in all of college football. 38th-ranked defense in all of college football. I mean, Moncton has done an incredible job up there in terms of building that program and having the ability to, to, to play within the framework of what they're going to do. Now, our, now Navy's offense is 104th-ranked. 
So you got a really good defense against a bad offense. To me, that, that, that lends itself to the under, but how much under do you go? Now, here's my question for you. 32 is the second lowest total of the college football season. Do you know what the lowest total was this year? 29? It's not a trick question. It was Iowa, Minnesota. The total was set at 31 and a half, so just a half off the 32 where we sit now, and it was a 13-10 winner for Iowa, so it did stay under the 31 and a half, but we do have a 32 on the board right now. I mean, think about this, though. Navy is, you know, Navy's not great, right? But Navy beat Uncle Gussie Malzahn at University of Central Florida. My man, Uncle Gussie, no sweater vest, wonder why he's losing. You know, 17-14. Think about they held Central Florida to 14 points. To close out the season in Central Florida, remember, at the time, they were ranked 20th in the country. So this is a Navy team. Listen, I'm going to say it up front. I'm laying it. I laid it with Navy. I laid the two, so I got a little bit of the worst of it. But now we're officially getting to that key number of three. When we come back, more on Army-Navy, a well-deserved weekend to themselves. Also, we've got the Heisman. We'll talk about the odds coming up next here on the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. to the Lombardi line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we got horse racing today at Gulfstream Park and Express Bet handicapper Jeff Siegel's got plays for you. Gulfstream, eighth race. He's likes a seven horse. Molly Moo at eight to one. Yeah, you heard me. At Fairgrounds in the eighth race, Jeff has the three horse. Touch upon a star on top at six to one. Bet those races and more at First Bet, Beeson's preferred horse racing app. When you sign up for First Bet right now, you're going to get $10 free. Remember, if you use the code HORSE200, you get that 10 bucks, but you also get a 100% match deposit up to $200. It's a great deal. We love First Bet, Express Bet. Make sure you go check it out. Beeson.com slash horses for details. That's Beeson.com slash horses for details. As we welcome you back here, Army, Navy, 
close to you in Philly. It's going to be 44 degrees, mostly sunny today. Oh. One thing that's interesting, they're going to play at the link today. And then I don't think they return to Philly in two, until 2027. Next year, they're going to play up in New England at Gillette. They're going to kind of rotate here. One of the oldest rivalries in sport with Army Navy, but they're going to be playing in Philly today. And it's going to be nice. The weather is going to be chilly, but it's going to be nice. It'll be fun. Yeah, it is chilly out there this morning. It was in the 30s and it warm up a little bit. But, you know, as that sun goes down, you know, early in the evening, and it doesn't stay up there very long. So it gets colder as the day goes on. But it'll be fun. I mean, the, you know, these games are, you know, I think both coaches have done a great job. Both programs, they, they, they kind of tell us about how they fit within the framework. I mean, when you look at the, like I mentioned in the last block, I mean, to play Central Florida and beat them 17 to 14 when they're ranked is, especially when you consider that Navy's not had a great offensive year this season, is really remarkable. I mean, these these kids are so programmed to stay in the moment, to fight through adversity, and it transposes itself onto the football field. So, and both coaches kind of have figured out the best path, along with Air Force, the best path for these service academies to really play effectively against other competition and not get blown out. So my hat's off to them. And, you know, uh, uh, having written my last book, Football Done Right, uh, I pay a lot of attention to the great Earl Blake, who was, a Navy, who was the Army coach who influenced a lot of great coaches, Vince Lombardi, Tom Landry, other coaches around uh, college football, Sid Gilman. You know, he was truly one of the cornerstones of what we call the coaching tree. It's a bucket list situation. Like any sports fan, they tell you they their whole entire sports experience has changed when they go to an Army-Navy game. It's just the pageantry. It's the nationalism. It's the patriotism. It's everything rolled up in one, but it's also familiarity competition these two teams want to beat each other now to your point navy's schedule was much harder than army's army closed out the year with convincing wins against yukon and umass take for it or from that what you will and you just mentioned navy who beat then ranked uh central florida 17 to 14 before that they lost to notre dame 35 32 michael that was close mm -hmm. and then they went to cincinnati before that and lost 20 to 10 which is respectable so this navy team was one that progressed got better throughout the year and also they are the best or one of the best at stopping the run nationally. And that's very important against this triple offense, right? This, this is a, a team that's allowed 3.1 yards per carry in Navy. That's eighth nationally. And they gave up just 85 yards on the ground, which is fourth nationally. I always handicap the run defenses in this matchup because that's where you need to start because that's what they're going to do. They're just going to run the, run the ball with that triple option. Right. And when you go back, okay, so we know that we know that when, uh, when Army played Air Force, it was 13-7. to So Army won that game 13-7. to That was, what, a 20-point? That was a 20-point. Is that right, 13-7? to Yep, 13-7. And then Navy played 13, Air Force, and it was 13-10. to So, 13 to Army, 10. so Army Air Force 13-7, to Navy Air Force 13-10 to this year. And Air Force is really a good team. And yes, with a are. really good offense. I mean, and they went over their win total this year. So to me, even though that 32 number seems like it, you know, at 9-7, and seven, it tends to go over. But when you peel back the layer, you realize Navy's run defense, as you indicated, is fourth in the country, right? You know, and they're able to make plays like that so they could stop the run. So this game will – the clock will move. It'll be a fast-paced game. And I think ultimately, you know, unless they break a long run, I still think 32 under might still be in play because of the way these two teams are structured this season. 
Well, let's put it this way. One, I just want to follow up on the thought. You just said it, that they're giving up 85 yards on the ground. That's fourth nationally, that being Navy. How about Army? They're giving up 193 and a half on the ground, Michael Lombardi. That's 120th nationally. See, to me, there's the difference. In Army, you have the second best rush offense in FBS at over 304 yards a game. And then Navy, you've got the seventh best rush offense at 239 and a half. The big difference here is the midshipmen stop the run and Army doesn't. That's really, again, I don't want to simplify it. And we always talk about the total here. By the way, if you set that total at 32, 32 and a half, the last seven matchups between Army and Navy haven't reached that 33 number. So we've come under this number the last seven and 16 straight in this series. You know, it's going to be interesting how they approach the game, the, the strategy involved, right? So when you break down, when you break down the the uh, army black, uh, the army uh, knights, uh, they can actually they throw the ball better than you think. They're third in the country in yards per attempt. Okay, now they don't throw it very much. Their relative passing offense isn't very good, but they can make some plays. Whereas when you look at Navy's r- pass defense, they're 114th. So maybe, do you think if you're Army, maybe you feel like you have to throw the ball a little bit more in this game to take advantage of a bad Navy pass defense? That's going to be it. If that's the strategy early in the game, then maybe this does tick to the over. But these games tend to have a tendency to kind of compact and play to that under and play a very methodical game. But I do think Army can throw the ball if they want to make it. I mean, they average 9.7 yards per attempt. Now, they don't do it a lot, but they can do it. Yeah, and Army uses that three-quarterback rotation. They will throw the ball. Elliot, our producer, has a great nugget, and we talk about why the under is in play here. Well, there's a few reasons. One, they both run the triple option, so they practice against it, right, Michael? That's the most important thing. Most important thing. It's practicing against it every single week. It's long, methodical drives, and that plays out here. In games earlier this season, check this out. When Army and Navy played Air Force, the teams combined for 115 and 111 plays. The average for a college football game is between 150 and 160. They go slow. They're plotting. They're methodical. And those drives can last eight, nine minutes. They, 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 they go for a while. And the clock does Now, the only reason the clock stops in college football is on with a first down. They reset the, They stop the clock. They reset the ball. If not, those drives would probably be 14 minutes in pro football. <laughs> they would go forever and ever. I mean, think about that, right? I mean, that's the only reason it's – it's 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 at least it's only that in pro that clock is going to continue to run so look it's the strategy that they have to employ based on the players they get knowing what they get and then they they schedule they recruit to what they need and it's kind of fun to watch it, it really is it's really fun to watch and look you can't handicap the variable in the game which is pride Right, they're playing for pride. They're playing oh. for something bigger than themselves, which is what makes this game so great. This is a we game, not a me game. And so, when you're playing for your pride, you know, even though we're both in the service academies fighting for the same country, there, there's that intangible that comes into play that you'll see today that really is inspiring. Well, I, I wrote down nasty as part of my notes, and all kidding aside, but these are young men and women that serve and protect our country, Army and Navy, but they want to beat each other. And it's yeah, great no when they show, they show the crowd because you can tell. Sometimes you'll see tears. Sometimes you'll see teeth gritting. It is just an, it, the atmosphere. I have to go to one of these games is what I'm trying to tell you. By the way, service academies over the last 53, this is a number that's been floating around in gambling Twitter, but the under, the last 53 for service academies across the board, 
43-9-1 to the under. This is These games are tight, is what I'm trying to tell yeah. you. And the two yeah. Service Academy games already this year went to that, posted the under there, as we talked about earlier. Yeah, I mean, they didn't even get close to the over. What, they didn't you get know, close. 13 is 20, you know? I mean, so... I think to me, and air and look. Let let's just talk about Air Force for a second here. As as Air Force is the constant variable in this, right? I mean, Air Force won. Uh, I mean, they got four. They got nine wins this year. Air Force is nine and two, and they're a good team. And Air a Force had, and, and what I don't think people realize, Air Force had the third best defense in the nation. They were number one in total defense year. in the nation. Yep. No. So. You know, I think you got to be really careful. I mean, that's that's where, you know, look, I I think Troy Calhoun has done a wonderful job at at Air Force. I've never understood why he hasn't gotten a better job. He's got pro experience. He's from the Kubiak. They run a kind of a neat offense, I think, at Air Force. So, you know, for me, that I I I think that's the one variable you have to count on. Air Force plays great defense, but Army and Navy matched them and played as good a defense in both that game. So you got to, if you're leaning to the under, you're saying, look, Air Force, those two games are under, this one's going to come under. The under is 9-0 and at Lincoln Financial, if you care about the turf. Also, the last seven between Army and Navy, they've averaged a combined 22.7 points. What? Again, we focus on it every year, but it's so funny. Every time this comes around, it's a standalone game, which they deserve the standalone, but we constantly talk about this trend of unders. But remember for betters that 16 straight unders, not all numbers are built the same, Michael. So once you start getting into that 32 category, I think this is the lowest total in 20 years in the series yeah. between Army and Navy. So when we come back, here's what I want to do. I'm going to throw at Michael. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the 2022 college football regular season as we enter the bowl season. It's the Lombardi line. You're listening to the Lombardi line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it is the Lombardi line. Good time to tell you. Remember, you've got 42 games over three weeks. The college football bowl season is upon us. The bowl guide is out. And I want to just congratulate everybody behind the scenes that put time and effort into this thing. It's awesome. Betting the bowl season is a completely different animal than betting the college football regular season. We've got picks on every bowl game, power ratings for every team, bowl betting strategy. Very important. Who's in, who's opting out, motivation for these teams. There's many variables. Go to vsan.com slash subscribe to check it out. As we welcome you back, we got our buddy Jick Jack from the Bayou coming up in just a bit. Michael Lombardi there at the Borgata. I'm Patrick Maher. Hope you're having a nice weekend and a nice holiday season. Michael, I mentioned 42 games over three weeks, so a bit of a scheduling anomaly for the bowl season yeah. this year. There aren't going to be any games on New Year's Day. You know why? New Year's Day this year falls on a Sunday. So you're going to get the two college football semis, the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, which is big for Georgia and Ohio State. That's going to be on New Year's Eve. And so is the Fiesta in Phoenix with TCU in Michigan. So again, you start up this Friday, Bahamas Bowl, Miami of Ohio, UAB, and then we go all the way through January 9th, the national championship game here at SoFi. But no games this year on New Year's Day, which is a bit of a scheduling quirk. Yeah, but we still get pro football on New Year's Day. So we got a great <laughs> yeah. game on yeah, – you know, I mean, we got a lot to do, stop. you know. It won't stop. Christmas Eve we got games. Christmas Day we have games. So 
it won't stop. I, I just it's a fun time of the year if you love football and if you love betting. You got to get the betting guide. I mean, because I think one of the things that you have to be really careful about and why these lines and I can't wait to talk to Matty Humans about it is these lines are reflective of some of these kids not playing. You know, we for example Alabama, you know, is not going to the final four games. They've had twelve guys already in the portal. Could be more. So the, the, you're losing a lot of players. There could be players who are going to enter the draft that we don't know about. And I think if you get that betting guide, you kind of get yourself handicapped for what you can't really learn right away. No, I think it's well put. And Matt Humans is going to join us in 28 minutes, and he is a major factor in writing that bull betting guide. And as you know, nobody sharper with bet prep, which is on no right doubt. before us. Uh, we love Matt Humans. He's done a great job with us during the college football regular season, and he's going to be joining us coming up in just a bit. Okay, so we've got the Heisman ceremony tonight. Uh, Michael, as you know, Caleb Williams is going to win it. You know, it's interesting. Max Duggan's going to be there. C.J. Stroud's going to be there. And Stetson Bennett's going to be there as well. Uh, Elliot, our producer, brought up a good question. If Duggan sneaks that ball and TCU wins and they're undefeated at this point, does he win the Heisman? Probably not because Caleb Williams is a minus 5,000 favorite. But I wonder if it changes the perception at all. Duggan is your second betting favorite at 14-1. to I mean, look, I think Duggan has been res- unbelievable. I think, you know, had he had Duggan's had the year that he had at TCU at USC, he probably wins it, you know. But because he's at TCU in the Big 12 and it's kind of an offensive conference, I don't think he gets enough of how great he played this year. And remember, the Heisman isn't about who's the next best pro prospect. The Heisman is who's the best college pro- who's the best college player. And I think you got to give it to Caleb Williams because what he was able to do at USC, and then when they lose him in the Utah game and he hamstring yep. and all those, you know, you could see the value that he brought to the team. And, look, I think of all the quarterbacks that I've seen, you know, Amal asked me yesterday about Will Levitas of, of uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. You know, what, where, is, where, is, where is Caleb Williams? I mean, he's running that six-back offense really effectively for Oklahoma, and he's got enough arm to do it. So it's interesting how – Really, the guy that lost out on this award was was Bryce Young, who didn't have the That's correct. The had a good year, carried the program, but Alabama kind of got tainted by it. So, Bill Berman, I apologize in advance. I do have Bama in the bad court category for putting a bow on this college football season. But let's start with the good. I think you have to start with TCU, Michael. This was an improbable run to the Final Four. They were picked to finish in the back end of the conference before the season started. Max Duggan wasn't even your starter; he was your backup. Sonny Dykes was at SMU last year. Sonny Dykes was kind of a journeyman, wouldn't you say? It's yeah. not like it was a big splashy name when he was hired to replace Gary Patterson after twenty plus years. This is the first team in a playoff from the state of Texas, and I'm talking about you, Jimbo, and A&M, and I'm talking about you, Texas. TCU is the first to make the college football playoff out of Texas and representing the Big 12. This is the story of the college football season. Uh, uh, no doubt. And, and look, you know, I mean, Patterson had always done a good job at, 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 at TCU in terms of identifying players that he knew he had to get in terms of that fit his program. And Sonny has always been known – Sonny's always been known as an offensive coach. He's kind of the the had the rep of the Mike Leach, if you will, of of boy, I've got you know I can score points, but I'm going to give up a lot of points too. And yet, you know, he goes in there and and his defense, I thought, played as well as you could play for a Big Twelve team, and they won a lot of close games. And I thought they were really well coached. 
And Dugan, I mean, nobody saw this coming, but they, they ran an offense that was conducive to him, and he made throws that he had to make in a passing game that was really helpful to him. And they're able to – the playmakers that they have on their offense, Patrick, is fairly impressive. And I think you got to give Dykes credit. I mean, he came in there, and he kind of got them organized, as Al Davis used to love to say. we got to get organized. And they were really effective. And, the, and other than not sneaking that ball down on the one-yard line, I thought they, they played perfectly all season. And they came from behind. You know, yes. that Kansas State game was a hard game. I mean, that, they came from behind once against Kansas State. They came from behind against a lot of teams. And they, they, they had a will to win. And a lot of that starts with their, how good their quarterback played. And I think you said it well about the skill positions. They've got three wide receivers that are pros. They've got a running back that's a pro. Duggan played great this year, and it's a balanced team. I- I'm very impressed with TCU. By the way, Phoenix Bowl, excuse me, Fiesta Bowl in Phoenix, New Year's Eve, TCU 3, Michigan 2. That open 9.5, bet down to 7.5. Are you surprised to see that number come back to TCU a little bit, as you see on the board there, Michigan a 7.5 point favorite? No, because I think TCU, we saw a little bit of it with Jeff Brom when he was still at Purdue against Michigan, that you could move the ball on Michigan, you know, and but Michigan's forte is wear you down. Michigan's forte is they're going to take the game over in the fourth quarter. They're going to take the game over in the second half. There's so many games against Michigan that 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 Michigan looked like they were Rutgers. They're, you know, I mean, Purdue. And then they just eventually uh, imposed their will on them and they're able to do that. But I think TCU will move the ball. I think this is a higher-scoring game. I mean, the spread's 59. You know, I think this could go over that a tick. I think this is going to be both teams are going to move the football, and I think J.J. McCarthy's ability to throw will be the difference in the game in terms of Michigan's favor. But this TCU team's mentally tough, and they're well-coached, and I think they're going to be in this. And that quarterback and Dugan's ability to move in the pocket, make plays, I think you saw Michigan, who's not the same team they were last year defensively without the great players on the edges. I think they're going to have some success. Michael, as far as the good in the college football season, I think you have to include Tennessee, who finished six. Of course, the setback against South Carolina, but Knoxville's back. Heupel and Hooker were prolific this year. They beat Bama. That's big for them. How about Kansas? Kansas is going bowling at six and six. Leipold has done an amazing job there. I have them as my third best story of the college football season because think about this. From 2010 to 2020, Kansas was 21 and 108. 21 and 108, and they just went six and six. That is impressive. Remember, they started off five and zero this year. Lance Leipold did an amazing job there in Lawrence, and, and lost his starting quarterback to an injury. Yep, yep. You know, and so Jay, and Jaylen still Daniels. was able to overcome that, and gave TCU all the trouble that they had in that game. He lost his starting quarterback to, in the TCU game. He lost his starting quarterback, and TCU was able to finish the game off. If you remember. You know, they were able to come back and, 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 and put the game away. But I agree with you. Le- Leipold's done a remarkable job. He did a great job at, at Buffalo. He did a great job at Whitewater. I think he was one of those schools, Wisconsin, Whitewater. I, I'm not sure. But he did a great job there, too. He's been able to establish a program. And it's good that Kansas kept him because I think ultimately they need some continuity. And they finally found a coach and not a brand. You know, they hire Charlie Weiss. They hire Les Miles. You know, and, and, and it, those are great. You know, they're brand names, but did those guys really want to do the things that was needed to do to help them win, to build a program? Leopold builds a program. As far as the bad, Texas A&M, you could say this was the worst college football season in modern college football history. They started the season Texas A&M preseason six, 
and they missed out on the bowl game. They're seventh in the SEC West. They finished five and seven. They had the number one recruiting class. Jimbo Fisher literally may have had the worst college football season in modern history. Uh, this is really about as bad as it gets for A&M this year. Yeah, I mean, look, especially considering when you think about that Jimbo's supposed to be, and I underline supposed to be an offensive guru. You know, I had the 102nd ranked offense in college football. You know, a passing offense, he was only 83rd, you know. So yards per attempt passing, he was 100. I mean, Jimbo needs to fire himself as the offensive play caller. It's going to be interesting. Bobby Petrino's interviewing for the offensive coordinator job. Bobby's one of the best coaches in college football. There's no denying. Forget about off-the-field stuff, yes. Coaching on the field, one of the best. Wins at Missouri State. So it'll be interesting if he hires him. Those are two big personalities and I don't know if Bobby can handle it unless he's got complete autonomy to run the program. But Texas A&M needs to do something like that to salvage Jimbo Fisher's career. Okay, those are just a few of the good and the bad. I'm going to throw more at Mike Lombardi as the show progresses. But coming up next, we're going to go to the Bayou. Our partner, Chick Jack, Carl Johnson from the Beau Rivage joins us. We love old Chick Jack next here on the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Carl Johnson is coming up, and I kid you not, we just heard him put in his breakfast order. It's a bacon and pancake sandwich. Before that, it's a good opportunity to tell you that BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the association, the NBA. Place an NBA one-game parlay wager with four legs or more, and if one leg misses, you're going to receive $25 back. It's a great offer over at BetMGM. Just opt into the promotion over at BetMGM on the website or on the app, which has been reconfigured. One game parlay. Remember, rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credits. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Got to be 21 years or older. Offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Speaking of Mississippi, 
We're going to head down to the bayou and say hi to Jick Jack, Carl Johnson, who runs the race and sports book at the Beau Rivage. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Good morning. And we say hi to Carl. So, Carl, I wrote it down. You're getting a bacon and pancake sandwich yeah, this I'm, fine I'm trying Saturday to wrap morning. My, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Like, how is that? Like, what is that? Like, how does it? Did you just put the pe- the bacon? You don't put. I mean, I don't put syrup on pancakes either. I put eggs on pancakes. But, but like, yeah. do you just wrap the bacon in the inside the pancake, or do yeah, you actually yeah. put bread with the bacon? Well, first of all, these damn hot mics. You know, I didn't know you guys could hear that, but. Yeah, you take you take the pancake and you just all it does is it acts like a piece of bread, you know. And you put your I like egg in there too, Michael. That's a good idea. You can kind of make you like a pancake burrito, except I put bacon in there. <laughs> we call that the Jick Jack McGriddle, a Jick Jack McGriddle, which is that's a specialty. It. That's right. Yeah, I think that's right. Hey, Jick Jack. So what's going on at the book today? I see Morocco just scored on Portugal in the World Cup. It's actually been pretty interesting. Uh, over at the bow during the world cup you've had a good crowd for soccer we have every day you know we've we've had uh, i wish they would do this every year i mean uh you know this is this kind of got me interested in soccer and i told you earlier you know i i can barely spell soccer uh but you know i like it you know the, the people love it they like bet you know we're not getting any huge bets on it but we're getting bet every game here and we got good crowds watching it Carl, I think the next time we have this World Cup, I think what you should do is you should plan the cuisine around the teams that are playing. You know, <laughs> so I mean Morocco today, and you got who's Morocco playing today? I forgot. Portugal. I don't know who. Portugal. So you could have like Portuguese food, which is tremendous, a lot of seafood, and then you could have Moroccan food with whatever you know dates, and I don't, I'm sure what they all eat there, but I'm, <laughs> but it's great. But you could yeah. have like a whole spread of it. It'd be awesome. And then you could be the connoisseur of it, and it would expand your horizons within the food culinary industry. You know, you know, Patrick, look, that's why this dude is the best. I mean, he thinks outside of the box. And it, look, to be honest with you, it's a great idea. I mean, if you're going to show, uh, you know, Morocco, I mean, you ought to be serving some Moroccan breakfast. I don't know what they eat for breakfast. For breakfast over there but that's a great idea michael i like it i mean i mean it would be ideal i mean you know now you couldn't have it without italian food i mean of course the italians weren't the one didn't get entered in there there's a conspiracy against us but anyway that's a whole other story but the thing is is that it would be awesome you could have it and, and it would be perfect and you bring in certain feuds and people would love it and, and it would expand our horizons which is part of this whole thing about the world cup is we get to experience these other teams and these other cultures I, I agree 100%. You know, I mean, I, look, I'm learning a lot in this soccer in just a short time during the year that I get to watch it, you know. I mean, uh, you know, it took me a little while to learn hockey. I had a buddy of mine teach me about offsides there. But this offsides in this soccer, I mean, your tongue could be hanging out past the guy. <laughs> and they they going to get you for offsides there. It's crazy. Yeah, hundred percent. Hey, by the way, I see a collaboration with Carl Johnson and Martha Stewart in the future. Watch out! Oh, Food that would Network. be unbelievable. They're coming. Yeah, watch it's out. Carl I mean... Johnson Lagazzi. I'm. He, they're coming. Okay. How about this one? Army Navy. They're in Philly. The weather's going to be perfect. Carl, we talked about those under trends. Right now, I've got two and a half, three with Navy laying it, and thirty-two, thirty-two and a half. Where are you sitting there at the bow? Yeah, we opened here one and a half, thirty-three. Uh, right now we're at actually three and 32. Uh, and I got to say, I heard you guys say it earlier, you know, the great Bill Berman dug into his stat, you know, he's our resident stat nerd, uh, on our podcast. He dug into the stats 
You know, uh, this thing has went under 16 straight times. And with the number 32, uh, he found that uh, it's 9-7 to seven to the over. So how about that? Tremendous. Wow. Tremendous work. The podcast is one more. Do you have a lean? As you mentioned, you open Army the favorite. We've now flipped to Navy as the favorite here. Do you have a lean on this one, Carl? Uh, you know, I, I kind of do. I mean, but look, this is, you know, think about this football game for a second. I mean, um, you know, this is this is more than a football game here. It's, uh, you, you know, it's, uh, throughout the years, I mean, it's been able to take some of our military people's mind off of, uh, you know, what they've been going through for a couple, three, four hours. I mean, some of these guys, you know, when you when you read some of these stories, I mean, they listen to this game in foxholes with bullets flying overhead. Just think about that for a second. So, um, you know, this is something good for, for – I mean, this is one of the great things about what we do in this country, this game right here. It's more than a football game. Uh, me personally, I think if I had to make a bet on this game today, uh, I think I would play the over a little bit. You know, 16 unders in a row – uh, I think we're going to see an over today. You know, I, I think if Army, which can throw the ball a little bit in their three-quarterback rotation, if they decide to take advantage, I mean, Navy's pass defense is not up to snuff, so maybe they do go outside the box and try to make a few throws and feel like, you know, they're going to have to. One thing we know for sure is the pace of the game never gets away from it. You know, one of the things when you run the ball, you know, when you have success running, the scores are always going to be lower. I think we saw that the other night, you know, when the Raiders that, you know, average, what, 3-9 a carry, they, they score 16 points. You got to make explosive plays to score. It's hard to make them in the run game. Yeah, it's exactly right. And, you know, one of the things about an under on, on something like this, I mean, even though it's came through, you know, you're, you know, you get one turnover down deep, you know, you yep. get a, a pick six. I mean, you're sweating that thing the whole way. So, I wouldn't do anything crazy here, but I, I I like the over just a little bit today. Carl, can I ask you about the college football semis, uh, both coming up on New Year's Eve? Of course, the Peach Bowl there in Atlanta, Ohio State and Georgia. I've got it six and a half right now. How about you at the bow? Uh, yeah, that's where we're at. We're at uh, we opened at six and a half, sixty one and a half. Uh, we took a pretty we took a six digit bet. Uh, on the over in this one and right now we're at six and a half and we've ticked the total up to 62. Carl what game of the all the bowl games seems to be the one where people are coming in and betting the betting more than you expected is there is it Florida Oregon State I mean what game is it that's kind of like maybe not one of the final not the final four but it seemed to pique everybody's interest outside of the final four. Uh, look, one of the most surprising things for us is that this Kansas State-Alabama game, I mean, they're betting Kansas State here. Uh, and, you know, we, we're, getting some, we're getting some Kansas State money line uh, bet down here on this, which is unusual because generally uh, us being where we're located at uh, on the map, you know, we're going to get all Alabama money, but it hadn't been the case here so far. Yeah, I, I think that's that, – the reason I asked that question is I kind of thought that was going to be the answer because I think people sense that Alabama's not interested in this game, that the last yep. time they play in these kind of games, they don't play as well. They're, they're either going to play in the Final Four or they don't want to play. And, the, and there's so much disbursement within the, within the program, going pro, transferring out, that you know it might not look the same Alabama team as it will, whereas Kansas State, this is their Super Bowl. Yeah. That's a great yeah, point. And, yeah, and, and to be honest with you, look, we, we we all know that. I mean, they got the best coach in college football. I, 
you know, regardless of who he has playing, who chooses to play, to, who chooses not to play, I mean, he's going to have those guys ready. I mean, that that's Nick Saban. That's Alabama. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter what level. I mean, he's competing, so he's going to want to compete. I, uh, you know, it's going to be a good football game, but I, I don't think they're just going to, you know, throw in the towel just because it's not Final Four here. Well, he yeah. set the standard. I mean, think about this. They're 10-2, and two, and it's a very disappointing year. <laughs> yeah, It's yeah. quite a standard right. that they have to meet every single year. Yeah. Carl, before we say goodbye, we want to get what's on the menu today. We know the pancake sandwich, but how about t- how about TCU and Michigan? Are you 7.5 on that number? Uh, we are, yeah. And it's been pretty stale, Patrick. We opened there, uh, 7.5, 59.5. We're at 7.5, so we've ticked down a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty stale number so far. Okay. Bacon pancake sando for my guy down in the bayou. What what's what's for dinner tonight? What are you cooking up? Uh sausage po' boys. I'm gonna put some uh sausage po' boys together with some uh Dijon mustard. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what, a pig down in that Biloxi area is an is an endangered species. That that, that that no chance. I mean <laughs> I mean pork and pork related products are really in a lot of trouble down there. I mean you know, I, I had hate a friend, to be a pig. I I hate to be a pig in Mississippi. You got no lifespan whatsoever. Me. I had a friend text me. There's something so satisfying when Carl Johnson says what he's going to eat for the day, and oh, I don't know best. what it is. <laughs> I don't Carl, <laughs> Carl, thanks, you're Carl. The best. Thank you, Jack Jack Johnson on Twitter. Thank you, buddy. One more is the you too, buddy. One more is the podcast. Make sure you check him out. He's he's awesome. Chick Jack Johnson on Twitter. Next, another great one. Matt Humans joins us here on the Lombardi Line. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.